You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 58. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is Eric Bison. And Eric says, Julie and her guests share incredibly actionable insights on how to truly stand out from the crowd. Highly recommend subscribing and listening if you want the knowledge and mindsets to grow your business and influence like crazy and live your best life as a result. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the amazing um, review and the feedback. I love that you mentioned that it helps you live your best life as a result. That's so cool. Thank you for showing up and for sharing. I so appreciate it. So I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week. You can head over to iTunes, leave a review. That's where we find these so we can highlight you in an upcoming episode. And of course, make sure to keep tagging me on your Instagram story using at Joel Solomon, hashtagging the influencer podcast. I love to connect with you guys there. You know that I love to share the screenshots, so keep doing it. It's our way to connect. So it's great. So let's get into all things, shall we? Last week, we heard from one of my favorite wellness mamas and just overall amazing woman, Melissa Wood from Melissa Wood Health. If you're struggling with personal acceptance, your own health, or you simply want to tune into a crazy positive show, be sure to listen to my chat with Melissa after today's episode. This week, we have the amazing Amanda Boyle in here from She Did It Her Way podcast, She talks a lot about how to make the jump from corporate America to entrepreneurship. So it's an amazing episode. You do not want to miss it. And we will get to it in just a bit. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello, influencers, and welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is someone I've wanted to have on the show ever since I was on her podcast. I'm talking the none other than Amanda Boylan from She Did It Her Way, which is a resource, a podcast, and a summit, and it helps women successfully transition from corporate America to entrepreneurship. Now, if you haven't heard the episode that we did together, which was episode 220 of Amanda's podcast, She Did It Her Way, make sure to check that out after you listen to today's episode. It was one of the favorite conversations that I've had and one of my favorite podcasts to be on. Growing up in Iowa and starting her career in corporate America, Amanda quickly realized what made more sense for her career was that of a freelancer. And that's exactly what she did. Lucky for us, she expanded that freelance life into an epic resource for women looking to do the same, all while working on their side hustle. So along with weekly blog posts, Amanda also hosts the podcast, and she sits down twice a week with female entrepreneurs as they share their story. She also hosts an annual event called the She Did It Her Way Summit that brings together women from all across the globe who are ready to make the leap and grow their business. It's really, really cool. So not only did I know that Amanda and the She Did It Her Way mission would excite a lot of you listening, because I know from our conversations, our DMs, and our emails, so many of you are either wanting to take the leap out of corporate America into entrepreneurship, or you just have, and you're needing help navigating it. Amanda is totally amazing for anyone who may be in this position. She is not only in 
incredibly motivating, but she's also realistic because let's face it, it is not all rainbows and butterflies in the entrepreneur world. So I love that she brought some really realistic tactics for us today. And her tips for making the jump and then killing the entrepreneur game are incredibly encouraging. And I cannot wait for us to dive into this convo. So without further ado, let's welcome Amanda to the show. Well, Amanda, I am so excited to chat with you today. I know that, um, as mentioned, we got to meet when I was on your amazing podcast. She did it her way and had just such a wonderful conversation on there. Um, highly recommend anyone listening who hasn't heard that conversation to definitely check it out. Love your podcast. So would love to kind of start there. I know that she did it her way is really a, a resource. Um, but from that, you know, a, a podcast has come about and then of course your summit. So I would love if you could kind of just share with us how you got started. Where did she did it her way kind of, um, come about and what has it transitioned into now? Oh my goodness. Well, thank you, Julie, so much for having me on your show. It's such a a pleasure and an honor. And it's so fun to be able to do different interviews and just really create the female empowerment and meet other women who are in the same space. And we're all doing amazing things. Oh my gosh. The first thing that comes to mind is I'm like, do do we have 24 hours to walk you through the story of how she did it her way <laughs> came, came about? Um, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, I had actually quit my corporate job two years in. So when I graduated college in 2010, I worked in corporate America, had two different jobs working at Target and Wells Fargo. And I did that for two years. And then um, in May of 2012, I had an opportunity to leave corporate America and go out on my own as a freelance consultant. And it's kind of this niche that most people don't even know. And even my parents till this day, still at the time when I was doing the work, didn't fully understand. But if you can imagine, take like Accenture or McKinsey, um, all of their consultants are, let's say, a W-2 and they go out and they have these projects and things that they work on, where in the freelance world in which I was doing, I would go and network with these middleman companies that had clients and clients such as like AT&T or JP Morgan. And I would then go work at JP Morgan or AT&T on behalf of this middleman consulting client. And I started doing that. I started doing sales training, leadership development, employee engagement. And it was in 2015, January is when I learned, I launched the first podcast episode for She Did It Her Way at that time. But the name She Did It Her Way came to me years prior to that. I just never did anything with it. And so fast forward now to 2018, I've transitioned out of the contract freelance work and now have focused full time on She Did It Her Way. And like you said, it, it started as a podcast about three years ago. And then just last October, we hosted our first in-person event. And now this April, at the end of the month, we're hosting our second annual in-person event. And I just, each year I get more and more excited because I'm like, okay, I want to do this next year. And this is how I want to incorporate that. But it's really about helping women uh, create more female entrepreneurs and help them make that successful transition or leap from corporate to running their business in that early, early stage and move past the fears and all the doubt that that we've experienced ourselves. Mm, and I love that because I think that there's so many of my listeners who, um, you know, either used to be in the corporate world, or maybe, um, 
you know, for just limiting beliefs or just the fear that they could not be an entrepreneur, just, you know, said, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll do this corporate thing because it's soft and squishy and safe. And, you know, it's, it's what my parents tell me to do. And it's the American dream. And it's what we're supposed to do. Um, But um, so I know that a lot of them are going to be so connected to, to what you just said, and and, and what I really want to dive into, because I, I think, and you mentioned it about making that leap, like you're really here to serve those who want to make the leap from the corporate world to that full-time entrepreneurship world. And I always mm-hmm. love to say when it comes to corporate, because I, th- I think a lot of times that I've mentioned this before on this podcast, that corporate can kind of get a bad rap, but in a lot of ways it, it, it is what, it kind of lays the foundation for the entrepreneur. Like I feel like when I was in a corporate job, I was like living someone else's dream. So it, it, it allowed me to really understand what my dreams were and like what I needed to do to, to, to get there. Um, but you're yeah. going to fall into a lot of mistakes along the way, right? <laughs> so I would love for you to, to to share with us about when you're taking that leap, what are some mistakes that, you know, people can make when going through that transition and, and how do we recognize them and then how can we try to overcome or avoid them? Yeah, no, that's a, a, a great, great question. And back to just to go back to what you were saying too is sometimes – like I think corporate can get a bad rap and, and honestly some people who are find themselves in corporate maybe want to go out and start a business but in reality it's just about finding that different role within corporate America that really aligns with what they want to do and um, even from myself and a little bit more about my leap because it wasn't so just like okay one day I'm going to quit I'm going to leave bye <laughs> I actually started working it wasn't? at <laughs> yeah no I know I, I, wish it, I wish it was just one day I was like oh I'm going to leave okay great everything is aligning this is brilliant. But I mean, just to kind of walk to walk back, because I think this really paints a, a truthful picture is that. So when I graduated in 2010, I was at the University of Iowa, I'm from Iowa, I got a job with Target, and I moved to West Des Moines, Iowa, working in their stores as one of their like managers, or they call it executive team leaders. And so I was managing, I had direct reports, and then I'd run this, this store full on store operations about four to six times a week. And it was in that path. Like I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to go out on my own. I didn't know what that looked like. And so it was kind of, I just knew it was, it was a matter of time and, and allowing myself to see the opportunities. And so leaving target before going to the next role was probably the hardest because that's where I took the biggest risk. And at the time I was, I was 24. Um, and I left target full benefits, everything pay, to go into a third party agency, which I call, um, at the time, like I call it a bridge job because sometimes you can't just leave corporate America mm, Yep. because yeah, in target it was okay. I'm working every other weekend. I'm working holidays. I'm working 60 hours a week minimum, but how can I find the time to actually really create space to figure out what it is that I actually want to do so I can start testing and kind of get like Play-Doh and really start experimenting. And so I, that leap from Target to my bridge job at Wells Fargo in recruiting was like, I I had three day weekends or it felt like that just because I got so much time back, but I started working out more and I started doing informational interviews with people. And during that transition, I went to an event that later on became, I met a key connection there that then gave me the opportunity fast forward back in 2012 in May to go out and, and work a project. And so I think when and I've seen people leap too soon, I've seen leap people leap at the right time. And and so some of the things that I find 
from people that I've observed what really helps out in terms of um, what to do and what not to do. One mistake is leaping too soon and doing it from an emotional standpoint, because if we act from this place of, oh my gosh, I just, I, I would give anything to get out of where I'm at right now. I'll figure it out once I quit. And I've got all this like hypothetical stuff that I'm going to execute on. I just need time and space. That is very, very dangerous because typically what happens is once you leave your job and you don't fully have it figured out or you haven't vetted it or you haven't side hustled for how much ever time that really just gives you that ultimate confidence, it's dangerous because then you can get sidetracked when you're out on your own and trying to figure out what you're going to do with also the financial pressures of how you're going to support yourself, you that creates the split energy. And so you are going to be doing one action towards your business or have this confidence in one part of your brain. And then the other part of your brain could potentially pull you down in the sense that like, okay, but great, how are you making money? And so not being strategic, not having a plan and leaping too soon can definitely not it can create a a landing experience because I call it the lead up the leap and the land um, and all the things that we want to prepare for in the lead up will then obviously help make the land more successful and so by leaping too soon leaping from emotional standpoint and not having vetted out what it is that we want to do on the side hustle and have like pr proved and vetted the the business that we want to create and work on full time it, it can be dangerous and quite scary. And I love that you used um, just kind of the reality in that because a lot of us can can find ourselves in that moment um, or those moments that we do. It's like we we lead up and we leap, but then we're like, oh wait, no, I don't know how to I don't know how to land this you know this triple axle that I just like threw up in the air and I'm kind of stuck now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I love that you touched on that because you mentioned some you know some of the financial side of stuff, which um, I would love for if if you're open to diving into that as well because I know that you had mentioned to me prior than this call is um, one of the one of the um, things that I guess that happened to you probably during that lead up and leap stage was um, you know your relationship with money and really learning how to navigate money and I think that oh. that is something that you know affects so many people in my community it's definitely something that has affected just my own growth as an entrepreneur and really kind of understanding money and really seeing it more as a flow of energy instead of this like um, this scarce scarcity fear based thing that I was kind of like raised to believe it to be. Yeah. Um, I think you and I are very similar in that. I, w I was raised like my first memory of money is there's not enough of it. It's the root of all evil. It's <laughs> scarcity. Um, Did you we know, grow up in the same house? Seriously. It's like, you know, to me, it's like money represents like divorce and stress and addiction and just just so much negativity, right? My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on so you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff, and it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would love for you to kind of um, touch in on what you had shared with me about how you were able to, when you kind of became that six-figure earner, um, really step into learning about money and, and seeing it more as a friend and really just as a flow of energy instead of this thing that like, even though you were attaining six figures, it was still this scary thing that you couldn't quite understand, that you couldn't quite nurture and you couldn't quite embrace. Yeah, no, I, that's a really, that's a fantastic question. And I, I love now, I feel like more people are opening up and talking about money and what it represents and the relationship of it, because when we become more curious, we can learn. And a lot of it is attached to, like you were saying, the, the subconscious or limiting beliefs that we've grew up in. So a little context, um, background, and then, um, I'm going to jump over kind of a little around. So I will try to make it chronological as best as possible. Um, but so growing up in, in my family, it like money did, it was the root of all evil, evil. It caused a lot of, um, arguments. It was always like there was never enough of it. Um, it was okay. You could do whatever you want. You just have to pay for it. And so in like that, my siblings and I learned from an early stage that like, ultimately we can have whatever we want. We have to be able to create the income that, that supports that, whether it's education or your car and things like that. So growing up in the environment where it's completely scarce and people who have financial abundance are somewhat evil, right? So fast forward, always feeling like never having enough, you're in college. And it's like this comparison game, because you're going to school with so many people that are different affluencies than you. And so a lot of um, thoughts come to mind. And so you just continually bury until then I get out and I had this job at Target, which was a like the first time I ever felt really financially independent. And I was paying all my like, everything totally fine. Everything was great. Um, And then, but when I left and went as a consultant and started becoming an independent contractor, my income basically tripled. And that's when for the first time, which actually I don't know if I've ever really shared this. So this is like burying it all. Um, It was the first time that I became a six figure earner and I was 24 years old. But I, at that moment in my life, I didn't fully know how to handle money. I, my habits were out of whack. I attributed money to this, like, because you have money, you're successful and you're better than people. And now in hindsight, given the experience that I have experienced, cause now I'm 30 over the past six years, I just, the energy and relationship that I had with money was completely not healthy because you attach it to your ego, you attach it to your worth. And then when you don't know how to manage it, it starts to, you you almost start to lose it. Maybe it doesn't happen to everyone, but it starts to dwindle and then you have to re-engineer it. And it was a quite a ride the past about five years all the way up until the middle of last year. And I went through a money mindset boot camp in with um, a gal named Molly Sapp. It was six weeks. And ever since I went through that, that boot camp, it's like so many things started opening up and, and changing and really like subconsciously changing the way that we have our attitude and beliefs around money. And what do we like, not even knowing that 
we could indirectly have a fear of making more than our parents that could be causing resistance from us actually achieving it. And so having all those, it was a lot of journaling and bringing it to, bringing it to the surface removed the, the blocks that, that was keeping me from actually having a healthy relationship with money because there's a quote out there that's like money is everything when you don't have it. And then when you do have it, you're like, huh, okay. It's like, it be, it's not a, a thought that necessarily occupies your space and you just change the way you look at it. So you change the way that you feel towards it. And it's definitely, it's different. And I think that if we can get into anyone who's listening, like if we can get into a positive state and a feel good state with our money. And like one example is I remember thinking like every thought was resolved around like money and it was like a victim type mindset of like, Oh, well I don't have this because, and I kept blaming external factors for it until like going through the boot camp, it was like, no, 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 no. We actually choose our reality and we're choosing everything that we bring into it. So taking that ownership and not playing the victim was like the first massive block to start to like, if you can imagine a water in a dam, like you move that first dam and the water just keeps flowing and you start opening up. So that's like one of the biggest things that I recommend to anyone who's listening, who is like searching for is trying to quote unquote, figure it out when it comes to the money piece of it. Well, and I love that you mentioned that too, because that was such a huge limiting belief for me as well when I was first starting out is that even just the small notion of like oh well I'm just not good with money like you Mm -hmm. know I I was never like math was never my thing I never liked to count this that and the other I'm just not good with it so it must just not be a right fit for me Mm -hmm. you know and it's like you don't even realize that that's a limiting belief like I just like that's what I knew to be true like I'm just not good with money and so I love settle for it exactly because it's just like you're like oh well I guess I'm just never going to be good you know good with money and it's just not my thing and I guess somebody else (laughs) along in life will come and like like you know I'll have a husband that will figure it out for me or parents that will figure it out for me or a boss that will figure it out for me you know it's just it's so interesting Mm -hmm. how we can do that um how long did it take you to shift that mindset Oh gosh. I mean, I probably, it was, it was probably, I mean, I was on this, like, I don't want to call it a dip because I think sometimes we identify setbacks or when, when our, when our life is actually realigning, we sometimes identify them as setbacks until we're fully through it. And then we're like, Oh, okay. I got it. Yes. I needed that. Like that my life is just realigning. Um, I would say probably for the past, Um, for a good two years, my life was realigning. And for about the last eight months of 2017, I actually did a Reiki session. I don't know. Are you familiar with Reiki? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You sound like you do that. Yeah, it's Um, awesome. But you can share share with the audience what it is and and your experience with it. Yeah. So I... um, the Reiki, I don't even know the, like the actual definition, but it's, it's more, it's just all energy work. And for me, that led me to that moment is I was probably stubborn for about a year and a half thinking, okay, I know I'm stuck, but I can figure this out. That is like the worst thing you could do. If you feel like you're stuck, go seek a mentor, go get into a course, like interview people who are leading courses and then find yourself coaching externally who can take you to the next level. And so I finally, I was meditating one day and my chest got really, really tight. And it like came to me to say, okay, you need to like 
ask this person if they know someone who does Reiki in Chicago. And so I just started following these, these little pieces of crumbs. And I got to this woman who did Reiki. It was 90 minutes and it was, it, they do a cord cutting experience. So what you do is you do a lot of envisioning and you take all of these certain characteristics or experiences and things like residual energy and stuff that you don't want any longer. And you put it into this cord that is of you're looking, your, your eyes are closed this time and you're looking at yourself and you're envisioning yourself and then you're envisioning your old self and you're taking all of those things and you're putting it in this, again, um, visualization of this cord. And then through this whole entire meditation workshop, she then cut the cord and we did another meditation afterwards. Um, it's like very sensitive. So for me, it was, she definitely recommended for like the next 28 days, do a lot of journaling, limit yourself with interaction of other people because you want to preserve the energy that's around you and everything that you just experienced. And that was when, I mean, and I invested, it was, I think it was like $300. And let me tell you at this time, like my money mindset was not like it was, I, it was such a poor money mindset. And I'm like, okay, but this is it. Like I'm going to spend this and I trust and believe in it. And after that experience, I mean, things started shifting projects that were not on my calendar came out of the woodwork um, that like allowed me massively like pay off the rest of my student loan debt. I mean, great. I'm like meditating as I'm going through this changing um, perspective. And so that really catapulted it. And I think I just started becoming more in a, in alignment that then led me to the money mindset boot camp. And I mean, that was that was another large in investment. That was probably the biggest investment that I ever made in my like education development in a really, really long time. And so through that, it, it would just, it was another process where I was keep, I kept finding myself wanting more of it. And then also most recently is like stumbling onto Abraham Hicks. If you're, do you, are you oh, familiar with Abraham? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And like just, opening up to the law of attraction mm -hmm. and really understanding energy that we put out, but also like, you know, we bring into our life life, what we're meant to learn and everybody's a reflection of us. And so instead of judging, because ultimately then we're judging ourselves, like saying, okay, what can I learn? What's the lesson here? Maybe sometimes we just sit with it and we don't do anything with it at the time and we just observe and, and let it move through. But, um, that was really, I mean, that's just catapulted in, into a place where like I feeling very aligned or like in this state of flow and then in this season where it's things that I used to think about money are not what I think about it. I don't think that way anymore. And I believe those things definitely helped with that experience. It's and I love that you touched on it was like when you finally took the leap to to just have the faith and to invest in yourself and in your and your growth just a little bit like new like the, the flow of energy started working right like the flow started mm -hmm. coming you started you paid yourself back and that um you know coming oh, yeah. <laughs> being raised yeah and coming from a family that you know, when we were growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And so like you said, it was very, very similar to how you were raised with just the, the scarcity of it. So I remember the first time that I really, um, two times that I kind of in started investing in myself, I, I bought an online course that like, I think it was like $500, which at the time that I mean, that was it in it like it was it was so, 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 so much money. Um, and it is so much money. Um, but you know, I just I wasn't making a lot. And I was like, I can't believe I was doing this. And like, I, I bought it. And I initially felt like, like horrible. 
you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. so scared. I'm so, you know, but then from that, like I learned what I needed to learn and then I was able to create more stuff that then supplemented more income. And then the same thing, I, um, I did like a personal development six week in person thing with someone and it was like $2,500, which again, at the time it was like the most. And, and she told me, she goes, I promise you, like you, if, if you, if you work this, you will make that money back in like less than three months. And I did. Mm-hmm. And it was like when I f- really started to kind of see that and, be- and believe that I had the power to change my thoughts and feelings around money and to truly invest in myself and where I wanted to go, so much of it changed. So I I'm, I'm, thank you so much for diving into that and kind of sharing that. And I would love to know how does this kind of flow into She Did It Her Way and the work that you're doing now? Yeah. And I really, something that came to mind when you were talking to, I think two things when it comes to money is if we're like the investment piece of it, the energy that you have when you go to sign up for something is super important because either if you're like one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat, then you'll probably receive that type of outcome and um, you'll produce that type of work. Versus if you're like, I'm all in, I'm doing this, that energy of decision making is going to carry you through when you do that as well. And then number two, like something super simple that people can be aware of, which I like now I'm like super sensitive to even my words that I say is like, how do you speak about money? Do you say, oh, I can't afford it or, oh, that's expensive or, oh, like how can you change the words that you're associating with that experience so you can ultimately change the story? And then back to uh, the question for like how I see it and she did it her way. So now it's um, just from like the financial piece or is it more of just how I see everything coming together based on my previous experience? Um, I guess kind of like how it brought you to be able to serve the community that you're serving now. Um, because I and I know like we're kind of going all over the place because you'll say something oh. and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I love that because I loved what you said and this kind of parlays into I guess what I want you to answer or what you said with with you know when you're ready to invest in yourself or, or when you're ready to take that financial leap, like you have to be ready, um, it, to receive right because and mm-hmm. because I have heard a lot of people say like you know well I did this seminar and it was a waste of money or I met with this person and it was a complete waste of money or I invested in this or invested in that and it was a complete waste Mm -hmm. of money. And I always think to myself, like, I wonder if it was really a waste of money or if they just weren't aligned with what the like what the universe was trying to present to them at that time. Like, were they really, really ready to like open and receive like the potential gift? Right. Yes. Um, And I'll even have to catch, you know, myself on that, because when I start to note that and not to judge the person, because that was their experience and there may be truth there for them. But I try to note that for myself, because when I go into those realms of saying like, you know, oh, I don't want to do that because I don't know if it's going to be a good investment or that's going to be a waste of money or I don't have enough, 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 you know, like I'm not enough, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I go back to say, like, is it that I don't think that I'm enough or is it that like I'm afraid to really be open and receive this? So I guess my question now leading into you is how did how do you take that from from those experiences that sometimes like what you just said, people have to be ready to, to step up and receive along with your own personal journey of of money and where you got today, how do you take those two things and be able to try and, and, and lead your community to help them receive and help them be able and be open to that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's such a great question. And you did like, that was an amazing lead up too. I I'm a big believer that we can't make people do anything. Um, one of the things going back to the independent consulting or freelance contracting stuff that I did 
it was a lot working with leaders and facilitating training. And so oftentimes like we in our, in our life cannot get people to do what we want. So the, the old phrase is that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And, and that, that is so true because in our life, like we can't make people do what we want. However, what we can do is change the environment and create an environment that allows people to show up in a way where they can be truly aligned. Um, something else that you said too about some people maybe aren't ready for the experience or they're not aligned. I'm also a big believer that the teacher will appear when the student is ready. And sometimes the student's not ready sometimes. And I think that's, and that's okay in the sense of like understanding as a teacher that the student isn't ready all the time. And some people, um, aren't ready to receive that message. But one thing is that with, she did it her way, like we're doing a, um, a four week accelerator. So part of the summit is a VIP ticket. So if you sign up for the VIP ticket, you also get a four week accelerator and exclusive access to some of the speakers from the summit. And I have, um, when I talk to people about whether or not it's a good fit, because it is, it's an, an investment. My focus is to almost have that conversation with them to really understand like, okay, is this a good fit? Because not only are they investing money into me and the other speakers in the program, but like you said, you want to make sure that, okay, let's make sure people are aligned with this. It's going to be of a value to them. And all my, my job is, is just to ask the questions to, again, create the environment for them to be able to make the decision on whether or not they feel like it's a good fit for them to, to sign up as well. I've had like, I've even personally gone to courses and signed up for things. And then when I've gotten the message, I'm like, oh, you know, like that just didn't land well, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm not in the right position or maybe I wasn't ready for it and then vice versa. So I, I took a course that I like absolutely loved and I shared it with some people in my network and one of my friends went through the same course and she was like, yeah, I really didn't like get any, I didn't get a whole lot. And I'm like, wait, what? I got so much. And so I think people are at different stages. And, but again, I think, it, I think it's the energy that we come with because when I signed up for it, I was like, dude, I'm like, girl, I need this. Like I'm signing up for it. I'm ready to go. I'm committing time. I don't care how busy I am. Like I was abroad working a client project and we had a coaching call. So it was 2 AM when I was in Spain and I'm like, I'm not missing this call. I'm, I'm setting my alarm and I'm not missing it because I invested this money and I am determined to really grow from it. And so it just, there's no judgment. There's no wrong or right. It's just making sure that you're aligned with whatever it is that you want to invest in. It's totally. And I love that you provide this amazing community that just kind of helps people navigate because I think that a lot of, um, a lot of women that I talk to in, in this entrepreneurial space have a really hard time navigating that. So I love that you provide a, a space for that. Um, so thank you. And thank you for sharing and thank diving you. deep in, into that with me. Um, I want to chat a little bit about, um, challenges for a moment. Um, cause you had, yeah. you had, you had talked to me about, um, a big challenge that you really see is kind of, you know, the pressure and the judgment that we put on ourselves. So whether it's our brand or our biz or our business, um, you know, it's kind of easier to come from that place originally, as you said, because it's like, I don't have so much to lose. But then as you grow, as you get bigger, and as you see the potential, because then the comparison kind of starts and all of that, you put more of the pressure on yourself. Um, so how do you navigate um, that pressure? And how do you try to, um, to ease that load a little bit? Yeah, that it, I, um, it's so, and I don't think, I think it, it's, it doesn't matter how many 
social media followers or people that we have um, coming along with us. And it's actually a lot of women that I've interviewed have shared similar sentiments too, is that, you know, as you start growing a following, sometimes it can get a little like a pressure cooker and to think like, am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to say wrong thing? Are people not going to like me? Like, how does this work? And I think that even more so just is another constant reminder to us as individuals to always make sure that we are initially always first and foremost putting out content that we believe in and content that feels good to us there is a there's a a mini moment in time where I felt like when I was managing and running she did it her way that I was like gosh something doesn't feel something doesn't feel aligned and it felt inauthentic and it just didn't feel right for me and I think there was a there's definitely a period where I'm like okay how do we grow our influence how do we get followers how do we do all this and then at the end of the day if we take care of going back to what our core thing is and what we were meant to do and we impact even just one person or two people like that's where the focus should be is on on the behaviors and the people that are driving the numbers not necessarily the numbers because we can't conto- continually look and and say that we want to grow the numbers with with like ignoring what ultimately is driving that, which goes back to always being aligned and going back to who we are. And if we are showing up fully committed, fully aligned, then then anything the fear just it goes it goes away, or we move through it a lot quicker because we're more confident about what we're doing because we believe in it. Mm, yeah, I love that. It's so good. I'm like taking a moment, (laughs) like letting it sink in. I mean, Um, that was really, yeah, I just, that was a really big thing that stood out for me from my experience. And also too, with the money thing, going back, one thing is, you know, fear of what other people will say or fear of disappointing other people. And I think that's a really big thing that a lot of us don't think about that is holding us back or is resistance because we can say that we don't care what other people think and maybe that's like surface level but when we peel it back it's actually no we're not doing x y and z for fear of negative comment feedback and so working being able to work through that and being comfortable with it i love that yeah and just like accepting it i think is a yeah too um i want to talk about podcasting for a moment because i know that you as you mentioned earlier you launched she did it her way in january of 2015 which in yeah. the podcast space that's like og style right i mean i think it was oh, like gosh. you and like amy porterfield and dave ramsey like you know i mean you were kind oh. of um i mean and obviously podcasts have been around for a while but i really feel like in the last 12 months, maybe not even 12, like nine to 18 months, they've just kind of blown up. Um, And I know that your podcast has been ranked as one of the top resources for female entrepreneurs by Forbes and entrepreneur.com and many others like Huffington Post as well. So I would love for you to share um, a little bit more about your podcast, what my listeners could expect to hear on your podcast. They they obviously are podcast lovers. Um, But really kind of what you've seen in terms of changing and growth in the podcast space and what you kind of hope, um, you know, good or bad and what you kind of hope to to see it evolve into even more. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing, um, I I don't think there's ever like going back to the scarcity versus abundant mindset. I am very abundant thinking when it comes to podcasting. I think a lot of people are now consuming content in audio format. I mean, obviously I'm biased. I don't have a YouTube channel, so I'm not, I'm not talking about YouTube, even though I know that's really growing as well in terms of video. Um, but I just, a lot more people are getting on the podcast wagon if they even have one. I think podcasting is a really great 
opportunity for people who already have a influence and a following to do a teach of like one to many to also like position themselves as a a thought leader in whatever type of space. If you listen to She Did It Her Way, it is a lot on either taking that leap or we talk about the specifics of concrete butts and um, no no, I can't even think bolts and nuts of, of building a business on there. It's really, I keep them pretty authentic as much as possible. I don't do a lot of editing unless it's audio because I want people to feel like they're sitting down at a cup of coffee or a glass of wine with me and, and my guest. And when we first started, it was, um, it was one episode a week and now we do two episodes a week and it's just been it's been um it's been a really fun fun ride and it, it's fun to like as a business owner I think with anything whether it's podcasting or a product that you have to see the evolution over time but it's also kind of like embarrassing when you look back or you think about how you used to run your podcast episodes you're like oh my gosh we've come so far I know. <laughs> oh gosh we've yeah. come we've come a long way um what are some of your favorite podcasts that you love to listen to for education or inspiration Yes. Well, obvious, uh, I'm biased for she did her way, but, um, I love listening to just lively. Mm, she, yeah, the lively show is really good. Yours is fantastic. I love listening to your interviews cause it's such a story and you do an amazing job at like setting the foundation. I just listened to, um, it was a gentleman that you had. He like became a coach, a six figure coach. And now he's like a seven figure coach. Yeah. Sterling. Yeah. Sterling yes. Griffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was so amazing. Um, I love listening to Bulletproof Radio because I love learning about, um, that's what Dave Asprey from um, Bulletproof Coffee, I love learning about biohacks and, and our body and then mind. And then I also enjoy Freakonomics along with like some of the NPRs as well. Jenna Kutcher's is really good. And yeah. then um, I listen to Amy Porterfield yes. as well. I mean, got, now I'm like going on and, and SBI too. But I like, sometimes I have to take a break because it is a lot at once and we have to just like, take moments where we got to create space and take a pause in consuming content. But those are definitely the ones that when I'm like, okay, I'm jumping back in that I go to jump back in. Or if you go on my phone, you'll see that, that they're there. And and I love that you mentioned, I mean, we have so many like that are the same um, in your Rolodex, but I love that you, that you've kind of mentioned how like you kind of just like pick up, like I, I like the different aspects of all of them because you can kind of pick up little nuggets along the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's some, um, podcasts that you know I, I can listen to so many different episodes or I'll just pick up one or, or there and it's it's truly is just my favorite way to consume like information nowadays yeah oh yeah that's what that's what I love about podcasts yeah it's just audible it's so easy to consume um so I want to talk a little bit more about your summit coming up um just fill us in on what a listener could expect uh when is it all of the nitty-gritty to what is to come with that yeah. Oh my gosh. I was clearly I'm excited. Um, yes. Yeah, so this year we it's a two day event. It's in Chicago. It's a Thursday, Friday, and we're kicking off with a mini celebration on Wednesday. It's um, April 26th and 27th. And so it's two days. It's really geared towards creating a profitable business in the long, um, online space. So last year we it was really the foundation of building a business. So we talked a lot about taxes and accounting, um, some marketing from the ground up, sales, some really basic things, especially when you're starting out. And then this year I wanted to put a little flair in it. So we have Ashlyn Carter who's talking about like copy that converts. She's my copy writer. I love her so much. Oh yeah. No, she's, she's amazing. amazing. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't 
mean to interrupt you, but I just, I adore her. She, um, she writes my copy for, you know, a lot of the, my courses and, and kind of some of the bigger stuff that we, that we have to, uh, push out. Um, and she, I mean, she has a gift, man. She's magical. Mm. Yeah. Words. I know she's so, she's so good. So I'm like super pumped to have her and also meet her in person. Cause she's been, all these women have come on the podcast. So it'll be fun to meet the ones in person that I haven't met. So she's coming Maya Elias, who's talking about content and systems to help streamline it. Um, Think creative collectives who so have Emily and Abigail who are talking about how to like repurpose your content for profit. And so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have um, Jocelyn who's talking about email marketing funnel, which she's, she doesn't, her business isn't like teaching people any of that, but she's built a, um, the scholarship system where she, she actually got her entire college education paid for through scholarships. So then she started teaching parents how to get their children, um, scholarships, get their education paid for it as well. But That's she's incredible. been, yeah. So she's really like her funnel is tight, like locked in and she's really good and she's an amazing person. And then, um, Shauna Van Bogart, who is doing customer journey. And then Amanda Goolsby, who is talking about how to become aligned before, um, just diving into any business, which is very fitting for what you and I are talking about, uh, talking about. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's jam packed. I worked in a few more breaks this time around. Cause that was a feedback that I got last time. They're like, we wanted more breaks to hang out with people. And I'm like, duh, of course, like, why didn't I think of that? So more breaks, um, lunch. We've got a, a fantastic sponsors who are coming on board. Podia actually is doing a workshop. They are like an online storefront where you can like house all your classes and courses and memberships. They're amazing. The people are fantastic. So they're doing a little gig on that. And then we have a closing celebration at the Godfrey Hotel Friday from like 4.30 to 6.30 just to like celebrate. It's right in River North. And um, yeah, I'm so excited. Like this is probably one of the biggest, not not even a risk, but biggest, um, I don't know. You know when you like really put yourself out there and you're like, ooh, we're going to stretch the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times. And I'm so excited. I mean, there's so many people that are coming. I think we, the goal is to sell 75. And right now we have over like close to 60 tickets. So there's still some left there. You can purchase them until um, April 16th. I'm not sure when this episode airs, but um, otherwise people can stay on the lookout for next year's because it'll probably be in April or May. Again. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And congrats on almost like hitting that number. I know you're going to hit it before Yay, April 16th. Thank it's you. Here, for sure. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I wanted to do a little fast five with you before we wrap this up. Um, favorite person to follow on Instagram? Yeah, Cameron Eubank. I think it's U- Eubanks. Yeah. She's uh, from Southern Charm. Yes. Oh, she's so funny. Her Instagram is unreal. I mean, you just want comedic relief. And she's so – she's she's got like a – a sassy swagger mouth. I love it. Yeah, she's great. Is she pregnant or did I make that up? She actually had her baby. Okay. Yeah, so she, she was, was yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm like, yeah, I know all about them. Um, the best piece of advice you ever received? Happiness is not a destination. Mm, I love that. It's good. Yeah. It's the journey, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. It is. Um, so number three, biggest lesson learned in business? always save for taxes put a percentage (laughs) amount of your revenue like open up that bank account Mm -hmm. label it taxes every dollar you make 
whatever, even if it's 15%, 20%, 25%, everybody's going to say a different, different percent. You just have to figure out what one is for you and always say for taxes, doesn't matter. Like don't, don't go into this mindset of like, Oh, well I'll just take out extra in a few months. No, 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 no. Save for taxes and make it like, make it so that you have to bring in the income in order to support your business. Yeah. I love that. And especially for like that, the scarcity mindset people over there. Um, I do. And because living in California, it's just like, I'll, oh. I'll like, I'll overcompensate. I'm like, I'll, I almost save like almost half of my money. Yeah. for tax. Well, cause it's, it, it, I just get, you know, that's like my biggest fear. It's like yeah. <laughs> their IRS knocking on your door. Um, okay. Favorite book or website to read for business or, or influencer marketing growth. Yeah, I I loved um I finished this book a couple months ago. It was High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard. I actually did a two-part solo cast on them and there's six habits and it's regardless of your personality or your character type, they are just six habits that they did research on that if you worked on these six habits, you ultimately became a higher um a high performer. And I just really Brendan Bouchard like his writing and everything I really enjoy. He's amazing. I love his podcast. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And then, uh, of course, the app that you can't live without. <laughs> oh, I, I don't I mean, Instagram. I, I just I enjoy I'm a visual person. I like consuming through that as well. And I think for she did it her way. It's a great way to connect with other people um, on social media platform. For sure. And mm-hmm. to wrap up my final question to you before we mm-hmm. share where everyone can find you, what does influence mean to you? I influence to me is it's not a number. It's knowing your worth and knowing the value that you bring to people around you and cultivating that relationship. Mm, I love that. That's great. Um, Okay. Well, so where can everyone find you on Instagram? Can find your podcast, can find all the things. Yeah. So I'm very lucky for this, but everything is she did it her way. So if you go to Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter and you go on the website, it's she did it her way.com or slash she did it her way. We also have a community. Um, it's at Facebook. You can search it at her way community and come interact there. I like to do some Facebook lives in there and really connect with people. So come hang out with me. Awesome. Well, if you want to dive deeper into this conversation and of course, get all of the links to everything that we mentioned, then head over to the influencerpodcast.com where you'll get all the inside scoop. And then of course, sign up for our newsletter over on the influencerpodcast.com if you want more tips into how we've dove into this and a little bit more of my personal takeaways from today's episode that you only get on the newsletter. So Amanda, again, thank you so much for coming today and just sharing your amazing brilliance and um, being just such a light. Yeah, thank you. I loved it. You're so good. (laughs) Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence? For show notes, downloads and action based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode guest and our host Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.